Welcome to Profiling Criminal Minds. I'm Dan. I'm Dr. Redmond. And yes, we are back for season three of Wire in the Blood. Ah, we love it. Okay, that's a weird way to say it. <laughs> really not the kind of show to be that to upbeat about, because this was a rough one. <laughs> oh, Oh yeah, this was this was rough. Uh, and this was rough in a way th for us personally that y'all are never going to hear about. <laughs> y'all never going to hear about a whole stack of things. This, it's this. just it, it's. Let's just say that it's kind of amazing that we happen to be watching this episode this week and leave it at that. <laughs> I don't know. Never mind. I got a book. Yeah. Up in my academic academia feed right yeah this book and i looked at it and it's called uh the munchausen complex violence and abuse oh and wow. i went oh geez thanks so much because <laughs> i started looking at all of the because he's 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 arguing for certain things but he's he's got all this dm dm dsm5 it's mostly about male and female circumcision oh okay and how it's violence and abuse and some of his analysis is extraordinarily psychoanalytical in nature. Well, yeah, but, that makes sense. But I was looking at some of it, and I'm looking at it, and I'm going, okay, so you sent this up to me tonight so that I could look at this just, just <laughs> to remind me, you know, of my responsibilities and my sense of right and wrong. Yep. <laughs> of my obligation. Could not have been better timing. Yes, I know. You have to wonder about the universe periodically. I frequently do. <laughs> not that we believe that any of this is, you know, we're not gonna we're not gonna get into a whole, you know, causality, blah 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 blah. But let's just say that there's some stuff every now and then. Uh, yeah, it's it's hard to um, it's hard to not make a science out of coincidence every now and then. <laughs> Now and then. Join us back here to watch the movie Magnolia. <laughs> oh my, I love that movie. I love Magnolia I, so much. I mean, it has nothing to do with anything we've been doing, but it would be wonderful to just uh, do... Well, if we can find the time and space to do uh, the podcast we dream of doing, demanding to know why Tom Cruise doesn't have an Oscar, then obviously <laughs> we'll get to talk about uh, Magnolia. Yeah. Uh, but that's that's something for later. Uh, for right now, everybody is back for season three, the whole crew. Yeah. And uh, but they've got a new governor. Yes. Ah, there's a new guy in charge. Yeah, and Carol uh, has been bumped up. Yeah, and uh, Carol's running things. Uh, Kevin is now the uh, you know her second in command, and as a consequence, Don is uh, on the outs. Dawn is nowhere to be seen because, you know, when you've, when you've lost the job you were uh, hoping for, you got to go look for other opportunities. That's just the way it is. Yeah. Yeah. Because you're not going to make it there. There's too many weird feelings and mm -hmm. you, so you find another precinct to work in. Yeah. And it makes, I mean, it's completely realistic. We're, we're going to miss him, but uh, it is completely realistic to the situation. Yeah, you just get a lateral transfer, exactly. or you might even get a promotion. Yeah, you might get a promotion. You might have found a work in the next town over. You never know. Uh, yeah, because some places don't have the precinct system. It's actually pretty rare. Yeah. Uh, the idea of the precinct system. Yeah. Uh, fun fact, and this is uh, 
Fun fact about the precinct system. And I know we've said this trivia point before, but it always bears remembering that the pre- the origins of the precinct system in New York uh, literally comes from when all of those different uh, groups of cops were separate street gangs. Yeah. <laughs> separate affiliated street gangs. That's that's a true fact. That's why there is a neighborhood that sets of cops are in charge of. Because, you know, and you can go listen to us talk about uh, the... The alienist and angel of darkness, if you want to hear more about this. But yeah, yeah, there was a time at which the New York Police Department was a series of affiliated police, uh, a series of affiliated street gangs who essentially were employed by rich people to make sure nobody robbed their stores. And then they got formalized and they, but they kept their own territories that they were in charge of. And that's what became the precinct system. So there you go. <laughs> that uh, that- was the fastest explanation you've ever given of it i know it's just i find it so fascinating that new york cops are essentially still a giant street gang it's so <laughs> amazing to me like it sometimes they really do like when but the thing is it's like it's one of those things where you wonder how the um you know the the new york cops can be as bad as they are and then you read a book about the fact that they started out as a street gang and they never lost that mentality. And you're like, oh, okay, suddenly everything about the New York Police Department makes perfect sense to me. Their roots. Yeah, their roots. <laughs> and that's what it comes down to. All right. Uh, but yes, so we got a body turning up. Yeah, oh, of a little boy. Of a little boy. And right away, what do you do? You go and you talk to the parents. Yeah, it's a dead little boy, notably killed without any violence or sexual interference, as they call it in the UK. Yeah, and set in yeah. you know in a in a and post. A, yeah, and post. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, so it's a whole production. Yeah, the death of this child, and so they go and they see the and obviously care was taken. You know, it's like it was the uh, the child was killed without violence and then posed in a way that showed that someone at least believes they cared about the child. Yes. And that is, I think, the clearest way to describe it. And here's where it gets interesting. So they go and they see the parents and they find out they do what you absolutely have. They do everything right in this opening. Like, it's actually really great to see. A show that right away, because Tony's there, and he's like, no, we're not going to assume the parents are innocent. Yeah. You know, I, I have no, I have no, assum- I have never fallen into the belief, you know, uh, Tony has never fallen into the belief that uh, we have to assume that parents have their children's best interests at heart. <laughs> yes, good for you, Tony. Good for you, Tony. And as you say from the books, there's a reason for that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that's kind of left out of the show, but there's definitely subtext there in Tony's own childhood. Uh, coming from Tony's own childhood. But so he's like, okay, let's go through the medical records. Oh, here's all of the times this little boy had been grievously injured. Yeah. And you're like, oh, hell. And then they found signs that the boy ran away and... They were like, okay, well, we suspect the, uh, obviously you suspect the, the father for beating his son and you just want to lock him up. And you're like, boom, job well done. Yeah. This guy was beating his son. He went too far. The son died. And then we can all go home. We can all call it a day. And that's a per, like, and the thing is, it's all perfectly reasonable. They've got a completely, like, they've got the bad guy. All of their actions here are 100%. Yep. I get it. 
Yeah, yeah. No, and you you do kind of get why they, they think... I mean, that's a logical... Yeah, a completely um, logical road to go down. Yeah. For yes. once. For once. <laughs> you know... And, like, they, Tony signs off on it because it's like, this guy is weirdly controlling... You know, uh, weirdly controlling. He has every. Uh, he has that clear aspect to his personality. He doesn't like to be questioned. He's weirdly controlling. He has all of the hallmarks of an abuser, and he is, in fact, an abuser. Yeah, he is the boy's abuser. He is the mother's abuser. Yep. So it's like it makes perfect sense to go after this guy. Yeah. And it then Carol uh, gets mugged. Yes. And then Carol gets mugged and the guys figure out she's a cop and they run off because they don't want that kind of trouble. And then she stumbles <laughs> away from the mugging yeah. because, and she gets hit by a car. We're like, oh my God, <laughs> this is this one hell of a jarring opening to the episode. <laughs> Poor Carol. You know, it's like, whoa, oh, right? Dear. Yeah, yeah, like you were not you were not expecting that when you see it the first time. <laughs> it is definitely a, a surprising way to open the episode. But Carol's fine. She's good, just going to be in the hospital for a while. Yeah. Yeah. Uh but then things get problematic when another body shows up in yes. exactly the same circumstances. Yes. And that was on on a on one those little roundabouts. The um was, yeah, the the merry-go-round. Oh. Merry go round and merry go round and yeah. pose, and um, that's mm -hmm. it. So, yeah, they got the guy on abuse, but he didn't kill his own son, he didn't kill his own son. This is a serial killer, and so that immediately opens up the investigation and means they're gonna have to go down a completely different route, find out what the kids have in common. Yes, and you can see the new governor really wants it to be this guy. I know, it would make my life so much easier if Bradfield didn't have yet another serial killer. <laughs> but 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 to his credit, yeah, he does not he does not try and make them pretend it's not a serial killer. Like he doesn't do that thing that no. we've seen characters do in other things. So yeah, like Well, and in this show too. In this show, yeah. Sure. They oh, absolutely. Want... You remember the very first one? Yep. Yeah, like they just desperate to say it's anything but a serial killer. Yeah. Yeah, and so no, but he is he is a better governor than they've had in the past. <laughs> at least a little, and at least for now. I don't remember where this character what happens with this character, but I am not committing myself to saying he's a good guy just yet. No. <laughs> uh no, but it's uh so they immediately they do the smart thing, they start investigating, they're like, okay, well. How, uh, how is he, how is the killer finding these people? What is the thing they have in common? Like they do all the right things and they talk. And Kevin is in charge. And Kevin is in charge of this because Carol is in, uh, the hospital and is very badly injured. Yeah. Horribly injured. And the thing is, the crazy part that who would have expected this? Kevin not doing a bad job. No. And listening to Tony. Yeah, he's listening to Tony. He's not doing a bad job. It's this weird thing where he's like, you kind of get the sense that he's been through enough this enough times that he's actually willing to take this stuff seriously now. Yeah. You know, and it's it's a lot of growth as a character, which we'll get more of towards the end of the episode, because yeah. let's just say they end the episode in a very interesting way. But we'll get there. But we'll yes. get there. Uh <laughs> 
All right. And so they talk to the fam- the new kid, uh, the family of the new kid, and he's got a sister who yeah. is, you know, does um who is well, very Well, the mother first of all denies that the boy is unhappy. Yeah, denies that he's unhappy, won't admit there's anything wrong in his life because the first kid, there were signs that he had run away and they didn't know if that was just a fake thing that the parents were doing yeah. uh, to make to cover up the murder or if he had actually run away. But now the second kid also has signs that he had run away. Yep. So, so you're going... Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they all know. So Tony asks the girl to take him up to the bedroom. Yes. And he sees all these drawings. Mm-hmm. Of the little boy, you know, just kind of looks at them and the rest of it. And yeah, tries to figure out... He tries to profile him. And what's interesting, of course, is that the sis the sister belongs to this religious group. Yeah. Right? And, oh, by, and by the way, one of the key pictures, and this is the picture that's going to be the most important, is a bunch of kids yeah. playing, like uh, holding hands in a ring around the rosy type scenario inside a fence. Yeah. And that's that's going to be the key image of all of the pictures in the kids' room. Just that's it's it's important that you know that that is the image for later. And uh, I guess I hadn't thought. Of, yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, I agree with you fully. I mean, yeah. it was the, it's the key image. Yeah. Because um, it's a bunch of happy kids. Well, actually, we'll talk yeah. about how he figures that out later because that's a really good scene. Yes. Uh, but yes, you were saying that the daughter is the sister is in a religious group. Yeah. So she's in this this religious group for children, basically. Mm-hmm. Right, where they can all come, and Tony goes in to see it, right, and meets the pastor, yeah, you know, who is, and there's this picture of Jesus with you know with this light around him, and he's got these children in his arms and things mm-hmm. like that, so all of that is you know, and the kids come in after school, and there's the They've woman got activities who, and you know yeah, the man who and the woman who runs there's a woman who runs the program. Yep. And there's the cleaning woman who yep. also We meet everybody. We like they want to make sure we meet everybody who works there. Because again, you've seen television. You know this is going to be important later. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying I, I remembered the whole I figured out the whole plot the first time I watched it, but I certainly remembered the whole plot this the second time I watched yeah. it. Because it's not it's not hard. No, right? it's not hard to figure out what's going on. They do some camera angles that are pretty good at tipping you off. That that okay, here's here's a problem person. Here's yeah, a problem someone you might want to keep an eye on, audience. Yeah. You know? <laughs> But what you find out about the someone you need to keep an eye on is just like, yeah, talking about the pastor. So no. you know when you find out what why you're supposed to keep an eye on her, you just go, oh, oh, okay, whoa, because that that's when you oh, it was just it's the journey. But when you find when out when you when you get to the story, it's it's kind of amazing. All right, so um, he goes to visit Carol at the hospital. Yeah. Right. And while he's at the hospital, he's still obsessing over this picture from the kid's room. Yeah. And he runs into a child with cancer. Yeah. And who asked to look at the picture. And he, like, runs the picture by the child and is like, what do you think this is a picture of? And 
there is this charmingness to this scene that is kind of off-put. Like, I don't know if it's off-putting or it's heartwarming. That, like, that Tony encounters a child with cancer. Like, and look, they well, the, the makeup they comes, did. What's wait that? a minute. The child comes and sits down, though, and they yeah. have... Uh, see, I would, I would say it was kind of... It, I'm not. Okay. No, no, no. no I'm saying, let me saying. let me see where okay. you see where I'm going with this, and then you tell me your thoughts. Yeah. And what I find fascinating about it, and it's such a great like window into who Tony is as a person, that he walks up and sees this kid who is you know really sick with cancer. They did a great job on the makeup. They found a thin kid, and they used makeup to look that make that kid look even sicker. Right. Yeah. So this is a a plausibly ill child dying of cancer, you know, in the middle of chemo and sitting down next to Tony and they're talking and the character note of having Tony talk to and interact with this kid the same way he would with any other person, like to not even for a moment act like he has to have an excess amount of symbol or if it's job to uh comfort this kid or anything like that the fact that his first reaction is oh hey how you doing and it's like i'm I'm working on something and then talk about what he's working on it's so it's weird to watch but it's so intriguing and it feels so right for tony as a character is what i'm saying do you see what i mean okay so yeah because i i didn't find it's just, it I you don't know it's not it's not off-putting per se it's just it's one of the reasons in which Tony is so different from other fictional characters and yeah. other cops you see on TV and police style characters is it's like you always imagine there's going to be this sequence where he like, you know, talks to the child and not necessarily comforts or fixes the child or helps the child in some way. But it's like shows some sympathy for this kid. And it's like, no, to him, the kid is no different than anybody else he talks to in his day to day life. Person's a person. <laughs> And the funny thing is, is the kid doesn't seem to mind. I think the kid appreciates it. Yeah. You to know. not for once be treated like a patient, you yeah. know, to instead just be treated like a person. And it, it's just, it's not something you would see in, in many other pieces of fiction is the, the investigator character literally just treating this kid with cancer like any other person. And I, I find just, that really fascinating. Yeah. Well, and it is true that it's because he is just a child. Yeah. And but and he's Tony's wondering, okay, how would a child look at this picture? Like he's yeah. always And I want I want a child's I <laughs> actually I can remember the first time I ever watched this, I actually wondered whether the child was real. Oh I didn't think about that. Oh, I, whether think, I a... think the child is real, but I oh, see yeah. why you would think that. Yeah. Well yeah, because he leaves so quickly, but that's yeah. Because Tony always gets so involved. He runs off. He has his idea and he runs off. And then like he that's gets, what Tony always does. You know, but then Tony sees him at the end of the hall yeah. and waves at him and says, yeah, yeah, no, no. You're absolutely right. But, but I see why you would think that based on how the, the child appears and then leaves. Yeah. No, I had not thought of that, but I totally see why you did. Yeah, because Tony does that, right? Oh, except, he does. That, except that there would be no reason for the child to be fictional in his no. head. Right. Uh, so he would have picked one of the other little boys yeah. that were dead. Absolutely. To, talk to, to have a conversation with about what it means. Yeah. And the the child with the the cancer child, the child with cancer, his take on it is it's like they're safe. You know, that's how you know, like they're in a safe place. 
Nobody can get in. Nobody can that get was in. The, that was the thing that, like, Tony couldn't wrap his, because he did give some suggestions to the About little About what it boy. could mean, yeah. And the little boy is going, no, no, no. The fence means nobody can get in. Yeah, it's not that they're trapped. It's that they're right. finally safe from the outside world. Yeah. And Tony's like, boom, done. Now yeah. I know. Yeah. <laughs> I understand <laughs> the killer's motivation now. <laughs> it's just so weird sometimes. Yeah, I know. It's like, it's weird how he gets there. But it's, again, I can't say enough good things about Robson Green's performance. In this. Yeah. <laughs> He's so good in this. Yeah. He's just being like, of course. And he's just like, thanks, kid. That's all I needed. And then he's off. <laughs> <laughs> he's such a weird character. Oh. oh, he's such a weird and fun character. And then you've got, uh, so then he goes and he realizes what he figures out, that this killer, right, yeah. must be thinking that he's helping these children and he's protecting these children yeah. because the thing that all of these children have in common yeah. is that they were all abused. Yes. And so that. this, they're finally going to a safe place, but, and this is the corollary. He says, you don't start like the first victim with his elaborate posing and all of this stuff. And like the gentle, the fact that there was no damage to the kid whatsoever, meaning the, the person knew how to manage a victim. The person posed them expertly. The person killed them without doing any damage. This cannot be someone's first crime. Yeah. And so he says, we have to find the rest of the victims. The, and he's like, the killer only now started releasing the victims publicly. There are other victims out there that we don't know about. And if we want to solve this crime, we have to what solve we need all to of do them. Is, well, we need yeah. to find the original crime. Yeah, exactly. We that have to go back and yeah, we have to go back and we have to find the original. And then family. we'll find the killer. As and so Tony says. we know they're little boys, right? Yeah. And we know they're right, uh we know being they're little boys and we know they're being abused, right? And we know they're in the area. And <sighs> so obviously they, but, but before but, we get there, there is a subplot going on where we see the uh the priest. Oh, the, no, the minister. Or the minister, not the, the pastor. He's yeah, the, the pastor. pastor. The youth pastor. Yeah. Being, getting increasingly creepy with the sister who, like, the sister of the second victim, who, yeah. you know, worries that because she didn't do better at looking after her brother while he was being abused, it's that her. that's why, that it's her fault. As and, always. Yeah. Because, of course, it's the mother's boyfriend who is sexually abusing, abusing him. The little yeah, boy. we didn't mention that part. Yes. No. Uh, we didn't mention that they figure out. They figure that one out. They did a really good job of showing that it's like the the little boy's room is full of all of these gifts uh -huh. that the the mother's boyfriend has bought him. Yeah. And the little girl's room is cor corollarily has nothing of note in it. Yeah. And then they're like... Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, we, we all know what this code, like, we all know what this means. Yeah, we all know what this means, guys. This, this ain't complicated. Yeah, we've seen it. Yes. We've seen it before. We all know what this means. And so, yeah, they, I, we did not mention that part, but that was also key to how they figure out what's going on. Yeah. And so she's like, if only I had done more. And yes, the priest is, you know, molesting the sister, the yeah. minister, sorry, the youth pastor. Yeah, just and call him the pastor. Yeah. He's, yeah. 
Yeah, the youth pastor is, yeah. And so... Well, in fact, he's not even, the quote, the youth pastor. I think it's his church. Yeah, it's his church. Yeah, you yeah. know. And so and, they... Uh, oh, it's so friggin'. Oh, I, these guys, just I don't get me started on them. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> uh, but so they, they go and they catch him because they look into his background because he's a guy, you know, involved closely in the case. So they yeah. look into him and they find out that actually, no, he wasn't uh, for the past couple of years doing stuff abroad. Like he said he was, he was, you know, in jail for indecent exposure and contributing to the delinquency of a minor. Now, just remember, though, that what had happened was, and I think it happened before they did, they looked into his background. Yeah. They got a phone call from someone who said that this pastor had left with the little girl and yeah. it was and was going to take her back to his place and yeah. it was And that's how they interrupt the situation. And no. It, no, no, wait a sec. And kosher and then that's when they quickly look through his, his past background and find this out. And right. then they go to the place. No, the the, the anonymous call. phone call is vitally important to the story. That's You're absolutely what? right. I should have mentioned that the anonymous phone call is vitally important it's to the story. It's vitally important and and what happens i was just i was just <laughs> rushing through to the to the fact that they find out that cuz he was in jail he can't be the serial killer no i mean because no because that part of it is i think they're making a point with that particular part of it too yeah. because you see the whole thing well you know as he's saying and she's got to pray and this that and sometimes Ugh. you have to get naked before god i know for your prayers to be fully Oh, you know, yeah, to you know, to well, because you have to get rid of all of your pride and all of your uh, artifice. Oh, you Lord, have to be open to God, out, Jesus Christ, find out he's taking it to boot. I know. Oh, my God, the moment where they're like, uh, he's like, uh, he tries to say to the cops that you know, there are different forms of prayer and therapy, and he's like, well, then what were the video cameras for? Yeah. Jesus. <laughs> It's so awful, but uh, yeah. really good, I mean, really good depiction, really good depiction. And I, what I think is that the girl is not yet. Okay. This is what, this is the thing. I mean, that was probably one of his initiation rights. Yeah. Right. Oh, no, absolutely. And she this got is dressed. The first. She yeah. got dressed after they prayed and she was in the nude and she went home. Yeah. Right. So she wasn't abused yet. Yet. This is just part of this the This is grooming. step one of the grooming ritual that he's been doing for years. Yeah. So, you know, I it's mean. It's still, you know, just I, unbelievably unpleasant. Oh, it, it is unbelievably unpleasant oh. to watch. Yeah, it's it's a rough, it's a rough scene. Yeah. I mean, they do it with as much taste as they possibly can. But yeah. yeah. But the problem is, and as I said, he was in jail, so he can't be the serial killer. That's the problem. They're looking. So they get him for this, but... but they can't get him for the thing that they want to get him for because they want this to be over. And they're yeah. like, okay, well, what well, do all... two down, right? Yeah. But they found, I think, is it they found five other likely candidates, kids who were being abused, who, quote unquote, ran away from home? Is it five well, they found? Yeah, or? yeah, I think that, no, they found at least within a certain um, period of time. Yeah. Kids around the same age who'd run away from home and within a certain catchment area. Yeah. 
Because well, yeah, we'll talk about the Castroneri is, in a second, which is really, yeah, issue, which is a really great observation. Yeah, that Tony says, yeah, but it's not about these boys. These boys are standing in for other abused boys, and the places they're being placed are have refer back to these other boys. Yeah, the first are victims. dead and buried somewhere. Yeah. So yeah, the original uh, victims. Yes, and so they do find. I think. It, I think it's five. They find. I think. Yeah, I think it's more because when I think about the paper that was on the desk, the papers yeah. that were on the desk, they start looking because what they're looking for is what. Co- what are the commonalities? Who are these boys have trusted? Mm-hmm. I mean, and um, or at least the boys back then, because all of these boys have to have something in common. And, and it's Carol who figures it out. Yeah. Well, Carol's the one in the past, right? Yes, it's the doctor. Carol says something about the doctor. And well, then no, they- and that's that's the thing I really liked, which was yeah. that um, uh, because how do you know uh, they're talking about the hospital catchment area? Because she's yeah. talking about how. Uh, and they do those, that fun moment they always do in detective shows where the nurse says, you're lucky you got run over there. Yeah, Had you been run over two blocks that way, you would have been in the, you know, the catchment area for the worst hospital in the city. Well, no, it's no, no. The food is she was talking yeah, but, about. But you're right. From a food standpoint. <laughs> she but, yeah. said the food is just terrible at that other hospital. Yeah. <laughs> Which I thought was pretty funny. Oh, but, yeah. Wow. And so they're like, oh, my God, these kids were all abused. So it must be, uh, uh, the, it's got to be someone in the hospital in the area. And they can't find anybody in the hospital area. But they all, at one time or another, all the kids went to the same GP. Well, that's what happens. They start looking through the files. They mm-hmm. get, you know, and they find Dr. Weaver. Yeah. And then the kicker. Oh, such a good reveal. This is handled so well where they go to the office and they're like, we need to get Dr. Weaver right now. And then they're like, okay, but he's dead. (laughs) He's been dead for three years. Okay. Okay. I was not expecting that. No, neither was I. It's a hell of a reveal. Yeah. He's been dead for three years. Okay. So now you have to figure out. Who is doing it then? what's going on and then tony gets one of his one of his most entertaining one of these breakdowns in ages like that is just so fantastic like the breakdown in this one is such a good breakdown where he and again this is this is where it gets intense like the whole episode and you i like that i'm just now saying it's in it's just now getting intense no the whole episode when you watch it is very intense they're trying it is and the one thing that we haven't mentioned that they've been cutting away to is uh the children are on a chat or use a chat room to talk about the fact that they're being abused and i mean this is it's it's a minor thing because they they discover this very late in the proceedings about the chat room yeah uh they discover it very late in the proceedings but related to the 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 church the church group exactly the church group the guy has set up a uh right the guy has set up a uh what do you call it um i'm blanking uh, yeah set up i'm trying, a bulletin board essentially no no it's an uh, internet relay chat irc an irc chat for the kids and that's where the killer is finding their victims yeah. right cuz looking for the kids who are having problems and reaching out to them as a fellow child who can help them run away yeah right? and the child. 
yeah, another child who can help them run away. And so that is how the killer is finding their victims. And the, of course, the problem becomes, okay, well, how do you know who it is, right? How do we figure it out? And uh, they have the, the great notification that it's like, okay, well, who on earth would, right? Who on earth would help with this? And then you get the idea that, that Tony comes across with that it's got to be the doctor's wife. Yeah. That, yeah. Well, he's, he, well, no, he says it has to be somebody close. And, and of course, it only started three years ago after he died. Yeah, but, and the thing is, what Tony, one of the things that Tony finds so, um, like, key is the fact that the bodies are being presented now. Yes. And they weren't being presented before because for the original, the original killer, he's like, he must have been molested as a kid and he is recreating his own abuse and he's full of shame, you know, just normal psychopath stuff. But he managed to convince someone else that this really was about saving people from their abusive childhoods and giving them to God and saving them. And so the person that he recruited, the person filling in for him, like, would have to be someone who is completely obsessed with him to have believed that and to keep this act going to keep a connection to him. And that's why they assume it has to be the wife. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I'm like, yeah, that that tracks 100% logically. That is some great writing right there. Yeah. No, I thought that was fantastic. It tracks. Yeah, and it tracks completely. We're happy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean that's the thing that's most important to us. It's gotta, it's gotta be logical. That's why we're here. <laughs> and it does. I mean, it, it the way you know the whole process, and you know, and then they're trying to figure out. Okay, and they they know it's the chat room. Yeah. Out of the pastor's little church. Mm-hmm. They know it's the other things. Tony goes back to the different places. Yep. Where the children have been left and, of course, does his, okay, what are you looking at? It's as if these children were looking at something. We have this wonderful little discussion he has with the sort of janitor. Who found the first body. Who, no, the second body. Oh, the second body, yes, the second body and moved him. Uh, the second body. And so Tony talks to him and the guy's going, you're not the, re- you're not the media, are you? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you're not a reporter, are you? I ain't talking to reporters. <laughs> and um, Tony persuades persuades him to talk yeah and he's and then tony says he said you're not in trouble but did you move anything yeah and he said and apparently he had moved the body so when the children came they wouldn't see it they wouldn't see the boy's face or anything yeah so tony gets him to move the body so that where it was originally so he could see what the, the killer little... had wanted him to be the how the killer had wanted the body to be arranged. No, because... no, no. It's not just how arranged. It's what the boy was looking at. Yes, yeah, well, no, but I mean that's what I was about to say. Yes, like this is the this is the visual that the killer wanted the the, the victim boy. to be having, right? As he died, yes. or like as his spirit left him, or whatever you want to say it. Yeah, which is well, in this case. In this one, is is uh, children? Yeah. And being and is is this the Jesus children? Yeah. Yeah. At this particular school, mm-hmm. there's always this Jesus loves the little children, right? Yep. 
school. And then he kind of thinks, oh, that's the same as the picture in the pastors. Yep. Okay, so she must be... Connected to the school. Connected to the school. And so they're trying to find Mrs. Weaver. Yep. And so they go, first of they all... They go and they talk to the... They go and they talk to the minister. You know, who wants a deal? No, he... And this is actually an interesting moment in the thing. He doesn't want it... He doesn't ask for a deal. Oh, the lawyer does. The lawyer demands a deal. And they say... We're you? not making a deal. And they start to leave the room and the pastor just gives them the information because he doesn't think of himself as a monster. Well, of course he doesn't. Well, no, but it's it's just interesting yes. that they're able to use the fact that he doesn't think of himself as a monster to get the information out of him without making a deal. Yeah. And, and they don't even have to say it to him. It's, yeah. it's just an interesting note in the episode. Yeah. And Kevin, and yeah, because it does tell you about predators. Yep. How they have this internal life. Well, no, but it's it mirrors him with the actual killer because the actual killer thinks he's uh, thinks she's saving children. We've now told you it's it's the no, we've already told you that it's the wife. Like we've already told you that. Yes, I know, but not we didn't tell you which which of the two women in the school it was. And I still haven't. Well, I guess that's right. (laughs) I haven't. No, no, I'm just saying she. Uh right. Like they be- honestly believe she's saving people. And so, but in the same way, this child molester thinks that he's getting these children closer to God by living out his six sexual fantasies with them. It's disturbing as hell, but they're able to use his own delusions against him. And I think that's a really interesting aspect of the episode. Well, yes. And this means, of course, because he will not see himself as a murderer. Exactly. And if he let that child die when he could have given any information, given yeah. some information to save it, he maybe couldn't live with himself. Yeah. And there was one more child that has been picked. Yes. A new, yeah. There is a, there is a ticking clock because the new child has been abducted. And he knows, they've known based on the, the fact that the kids were missing for days, but they had just died when they find the bodies. They yeah. know that they keep, she keeps the, them alive for a while. So there's still a chance. And then they come up with like, okay, they know it's, they now know it's the cleaning lady. Yeah. Right. The, the, the minister tells them that. And they come up with a frankly brilliant plan to catch her, to like get her to lead them to the victim, <laughs> to the victim. And I mean, it's, it's a risky plan. And their plan is to because uh, have, have, oh, sorry. Well, first of all, they have found, they know the screen name. Yeah, they know the screen uh, name the, that the killer the uses. Wo- that the woman is using to lure these children. Because Tony went online pretending to be a child. I mean, it's a scene we didn't mention because it's not like, it's how he knows which one is the screen name. Tony goes online using the using his knowledge of the psychology to perfectly, uh, you know, emulate the responses of an abused child mm-hmm. to try and get the killer to come out and abduct her. Uh, abduct this uh no this little boy this fake little boy that tony he's created and so that allows him to figure out what the screen name is and so they have the sister go online and while the cleaning woman is in the room have a conversation with tony using the screen name that the killer uses pretending to be the little boy like broken out of his chains and calling for help over the internet relay chat. 
Yeah. It's a really good plan. Yep. And it works on her. She believes that the kid has escaped, so she has to run right there to find him. And so we have the race, and we have to get there. And then we get in what has been a bleak and awful episode all around. We get the hardest image in the entire show to watch, which is they go to these series of garages. And at first they're like, she's trying to lose this in the garages. And then like, no, this is this is the hideout. The garages is the hideout. Yeah. And then we find out that, yeah, the five missing victims, the bodies are all still there. Yep. Oh. Oh, she's been looking after these bodies this whole time. Since the husband died. And not only that, the husband clearly... Oh, yeah. Did it's, some horrible... Oh, oh, absolutely. There is no there is no question that he was molesting these kids and, and torturing them. And she embedded him in it. Yep. It gets, you know, as I say, it gets worse all the time. Oh, it does. It absolutely yeah. does. It is, a, it is a bleak episode. Even by Wire in the Blood standards. When you get to the end. And when you get to this in, ending. Oh. You know, and uh, Tony just lets her believe that, yes. Well, he, then you get never, this beautiful moment where she's like, uh, where she's like freaking who's out. Going who's going to take care of them? And Tony's like, I'll take care of them for you. Oh, my God. Like, you're used to Wire in the Blood being rough, but this was, this was some next level Wire in the Blood rough. Yeah. Yeah, this was a very intense episode. <laughs> Good way to start the season, though. If you want to start the season with a bang, this is this is the episode you want to start with. Oh, yeah. Then you get people. Yep. Back. Get them hooked. Uh, but yeah, what an episode. Uh, but all everything is not done yet. Because, and this is the key part, uh... Carol still has to deal with the whole I got mugged situation. <laughs> Which is, uh, can't be. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Nice mm -hmm. scene. Nice scene where she identifies the two guys that mugged her. Yep. She even Very just nice. walks into the, the lineup and says, this one and this, this one. This one and that one. <laughs> All right. done. Yep. It's <laughs> such a nice, it's a nice little scene. Uh, but then, and this is the key moment in the episode that I found really interesting, and it's like, where's this character stuff going? Are they going to pursue this? And I think they can't, because Carol's leaving. We get this really interesting moment where, during Carol's welcome back ceremony, we get this look between where Tony notices how Kevin's feeling about it, and you're like, Kevin was, like, really is not that happy that Carol's back. You. Because he really feels like he could still be running things. And the crazy part is, I'm not saying he's as good as Carol at her his job, but he did successfully run things while she was gone. And, you know, given time, he, you he know, could be his first run at it. Yeah, this was his first run at it. And he got the job done. He mm -hmm. really did. He didn't make Enjoy any it. mistakes. Like, he has learned... Like, if you think about where the character of Kevin started, he actually has grown a huge amount in the years since. Yeah. And so you understand why there is this part of him that is like, I can handle this. Yeah. I don't want to give up. Yeah. I, I don't, don't want to give up, up the job. authority. I don't want to give up this position. I don't want to, you know. Go back to where yeah. I was. 
I don't want to go back to where I was when I feel like I'm ready to be the guy in charge. And I know why they had to do what they did uh, with what happens when Carol leaves, right? They want to, they want to maintain the dynamic and Hermione Norris has gotten another job. So they bring in another, I mean, spoiler alert, they bring in another woman to be the cop that Tony works with. But you kind of watching this episode, it would have been really interesting to see what would have happened had they, had they taken the opportunity given to them by Carol leaving to do something completely different and see how, how does it happen if Kevin, if Carol has to leave for some reason and Kevin gets put in a job that he's not quite ready for and has to figure it out as he goes. Yeah. Well, not only that, but it would have been interesting to see how we worked with Tony. I don't, I'm yeah. sure there was a, there, a rationale to why they decided. Well, no, to- I think the rationale is they wanted to protect the character, the, the dynamic of Tony and this skeptical lady solving crimes. Like, yeah. It, that's the character dynamic people signed up for when they decided to watch the show, to make the show Wire in the Blood. And so they wanted to keep making the show they all signed up to make. And they didn't use this casting change opportunity to like open up their open up their conception of what the show could be. Yeah. And I'm just saying it. I'm not saying it would have been a better show. I'm saying it would have been interesting had they taken the loss of Carol as an opportunity to just completely change what the show is. A few things. Well, particularly since they'd already, you know. Yeah. You know, I mean. They'd already kind of changed a lot about it from the original from the books. This is what I mean from the books. It wasn't. It wasn't the fact that the books were hampering them. Yeah, so not you, at all. Okay, you know, you could have done something. Yeah, and I just saying, I'm not saying it would have been a better show. I'm not saying the woman who replaces Carol is bad. It's an interesting character who we're going to be talking about. There's three seasons of television we're going to be talking about with her, and we'll have a chance to talk about her then. It's just watching what they do with Kevin here and getting into his, like, this, um, not arrogance per se, right? But his, like, his really being anxious to move forward. It's an interesting character trait, and I would have been interesting to see, well, what if, like, he was able to, you know bully his way into becoming the boss when Carol was forced to leave. Like, how would the other characters have reacted? How would Paula have reacted? You know, how would the the new governor have reacted? Like, what would that have meant for the various characters? I think it would have been very interesting. Yeah. It would have been something unexpected. Yeah, disagreeing. But that we're we're still three episodes away from that. Oh, yeah, exactly. It's we just have a seeing big discussion then. It's just no. I, it's just I had forgotten that Carol got in the car accident, and ah. that they did this whole thing where Kevin has to be in charge. Yeah, and I had totally forgotten about that, and it's just interesting, and I'm interested to see how that plays out over the rest of the season. Yeah, and yeah, so we'll we'll talk about that as we go. Because spoiler alert, I think Kevin sticks around for the rest of the show, doesn't he? Yeah. Yeah, Kevin's in the rest of the show, so it's not like they didn't like that actor, you know, or something, or that actor got another job. So this is something they could have done had it been a direction that interested them. And I just find it intriguing that they just, no, let's just get a new Carol Jordan. 
And she's a different enough character, spoiler alert, that it doesn't feel like they're just getting a replacement Carol Joy. Oh, they didn't get a blonde. Yeah. They, <laughs> I think women are a little more complicated than their hair color. But yes, you're right. They didn't get a well, blonde. Well, no, no. But, but when you think about it, right? Okay, I do see your point. I do see yeah, your point. Yeah, you know, I mean, the blondes are, and then there's the... There are stereotypes about them. About but, blondes uh, and about brunettes and... Yeah. Uh, and, and so, yeah, I, I, you're right. It is not it is not us to decide that uh, stereotypes don't exist and it doesn't factor into casting decisions and the way characters are portrayed. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We, can, we cannot say that. No, not at all. Yeah. All right. So, yeah, um, as I said, really good start to the season. Yes, really good start. Uh, very difficult. Oh, it's a rough episode. Watch. Watch. Yeah, difficult episode. And it is, um, it was complex. It was complex working it all out. Yeah. Is everything worse? Everything fits together perfectly, but there are a lot of steps to the killer's motivation. Yes. You know, and there's a lot of complicating uh, aspects to the, to and, the plot. And I was really glad that they explained why these boys um, were targeted and how. Yeah. You know, and, and did do to the, the two. You mm-hmm. know, but she would have continued to, uh, oh. Yeah. Well, she had a third victim ready to go. Well, and it was, it was, I mean, the whole thing, I think the thing that bothered me the most is that, that she went along with her husband. Yeah. You know, in the, in the process of picking these victims and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And it was, of course, only when he, what he had a heart attack or yeah he had a stroke he had a stroke first and then he died yeah he had a stroke and was incapacitated and the other stroke like six months later and he died yeah and the and so they were a team working together and then all of a sudden she was without her team yeah right but she still and then what was she and tony was right in his explanation that's what i always like Mm -hmm. i don't have to complain about uh you know it explaining sort of what's going on she can't uh yep. deal with the reality of what she has done yep so she creates this fantastical justification yeah yeah it's it's a good i mean it's one of the hardest episodes yeah. but it's so it feels so right yeah psychologically and it's that kind of like gritty psychological turn that i mean that's what we come to the show for Yes. That they really think it through. Like the fact that there was this monster and she loved her husband and she couldn't let go of that. So she had to create this fake version of who her husband was. Yeah. And then she had to keep doing it. Or if she didn't keep doing it, that would be an admission that her husband was a monster. An admission that her husband was a monster. Because if she stopped doing it, well, that's because it didn't need to be done. And her husband was just a child molesting serial killer. Yep. So she had to internally justify the stuff she had already done by continuing to do it. And that's, that's a damn interesting motive for a killer. Yep. So yeah, really, really great episode. Really unbelievably hard to watch. Yeah. Well, yeah. Right. show is. Yeah, I mean, but this is, I think it's, it is one of, I would argue it yeah. is one of the better episodes we've had. Yes, I think so too. Yeah, I really loved it. All right, so uh, that was the episode. Thanks so much for joining us on our really disturbing journey this week. 
Uh, if you have any questions, if you have any comments, if there's any profiling-related fiction you'd like us to check out, please drop us a line at uh, profilingcriminalminds at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. Uh, next up, we're going to be watching episode, season three, episode two. Please let us know that what that one's called. It's called Bad Seed. And it's an interesting one. Really interesting. But anyway. But hey, we'll get there. Yeah. <laughs> we'll be next. back to talk to you about that one next week. Yes. Uh, Sorry. Oh, we were really, 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 really busy last weekend. So. Yes. And I mean, we're not going to tell you why, as mentioned at the beginning of this episode. No, no. And that's why there was a mist. Yeah. yeah. There was Normally, mist. we would have recorded this on Monday instead of the next Saturday. But some stuff happened. Yeah. And that's all we're going to say. Stuff Some <laughs> stuff happened. Oh, and by the way, the, the profiling criminal minds, for the second time, somebody yeah. has gone and I guess complained about it. So it's been blocked. This is the second time it's happened. And on Facebook. so on Facebook, everybody. On Facebook. You can still right? listen to the podcast everywhere. Oh, yeah, yeah. But the can... Facebook page that tells you when a new episode goes up keeps getting blocked for violating community standards. And we can't figure out what community standards we... we uh, I think we all know it. what the community standards we're violating are. We say that Derek Morgan's a bad person. <laughs> that is the community standard we are violating. And there are oh, people who take that very personally. Yeah, it's no, that's, all we can figure is that there has to be somebody somewhere, right? Who's just pissed off about the way we talk about criminal minds. What else could it be? <laughs> And my first guess is it's, you know, one of the ladies for, because uh, it's like, we don't say bad, that bad things about Derek, uh, sorry, we don't say that many things about um, Spencer Reed. Yeah. We're fascinated by Spencer Reed, but we don't badmouth him, but we badmouth Derek Morgan all the time. Yeah, I mean. So I'm just saying, there's ladies out there, there's guys out there, they're big Derek Morgan super fans, and it wouldn't surprise me if one of them thinks that we are violating community <laughs> standards by questioning whether yeah, or not Derek Morgan always, is a good person. Now, the last time, because then I have to fill out this form that, that says that I dispute this. Yeah. And then they check it. And, and within, it turns out that it's a perfectly fine podcast that's got nothing offensive in it. Yeah. Within 24 hours, though. It's always bad. It's okay. Yeah. This time, I don't get don't get that right away what i get oh. um well we're having an awful lot of these so maybe it is some group that's doing this i don't know but they they have a um a lot of or they fired they a have a lot of stuff they have to manually check right now so it's going to be a couple of days before the facebook oh, page is back a few weeks maybe oh my god that's how bad it is damn yeah so i'm it, not particularly concerned because again we don't even swear on the podcast. No, not well. Every now and then. Well, every now and then, like when we get sure. to the collect, uh, the inspiration and the inspired. You know? <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I mean, it's 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 fine. But if anybody had depended on yes. starting from Facebook, I haven't been putting them up there because that was the other thing that happened. The first time it was blocked, all of a sudden the episodes no longer went to the page automatically. Weird. So I have to go through that process again. And that Ugh. process has changed. 
and I don't have time to sort of work through the new process. So we're, we're the point is, yeah. if you hear about us from Facebook and you've somehow managed to get here, even though we're not on Facebook, please be patient with us. We're figuring this out. Yeah. All right. Okay. So <laughs> that, as the kids say, is that. Uh, <laughs> see you back here next week for more Wire in the Blood. But until then, I'm going to say that's right. Au revoir. And have a good week. Profiling Criminal Minds is a member of the Kinks Podcasting Network.